0: See Deep-
1: 38 for July 2008. The Spider-Man Crawlspace podcast is sponsored by mailordercomics.com. They're an online leader in comic book sales and they offer monthly discounts from 38 up to 75% off the cover price of new comics. And a special this month is for Amazing Spider-Man 572. The cover price is 2.99. Mailorder has it for a buck 49. So be sure to visit mailordercomics.com and tell them the Crawl Space sent you. Welcome back, Webheads. It's been a while since we've had just the gang together, so let's introduce some in case you forgot all of us. It hasn't been that long, but uh, let's talk to Morbius, the administrator from the Crawl Space Message Board. Welcome, Morb.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you.
1: Yes, sir. Welcome back. And Jr. from SpideyKicksButt.com.
2: Welcome, Jr. Thank you much. Hello, everyone, from a dark and rainy Cleveland. Oh, it's dark and rainy there. <laughs> What a surprise. There you go. <laughs> Never would have figured.
1: And we have Spidey Dude from SpideyDude.com. Hey, this is Dusty. Apparently I misplaced my phone, or I just missed your phone call. So leave me a short message, and I'll get right back to you. Thanks. Yeah, we had his voicemail. Don't you
0: love that, guys? Who <laughs> <laughs> did we schedule this podcast now for again? Well, we
1: scheduled it so we could talk to him for half an hour before he had to go to work. But evidently, he, he uh, you know... Maybe he's in, uh, entranced in the uh, clone saga and he, uh, a bunch of long boxes fell on him. I don't know. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he has a good day at work. But Spidey Dude, we miss you. Hopefully next month we can talk to you. So so uh, last month we talked to Roger Stern, and we uh, didn't really get a chance to get the gang together and talk about, well, man, we've got six issues of Amazing to discuss. Um, that's That's... A lot. That's like uh, six months' worth yeah. in the previous time. So let's uh, start a bit with. Uh, I guess we can start with five fifty-eight. Uh, Jr., you want to talk a bit about that? That is the. Is it the freak one? That's by Bob Gale.
2: Yeah. Talk about. about yeah, that. that was. Well, <laughs> not much to say. Yep. I mean, uh, freak is uh, freak is uh, of the new villains. Freak is uh, the one that's the least interesting. Uh, because he's a one de- he's a basically a one-dimensional villain. He he changes. He comes out. He smashes. Uh, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And basically, that's about what he did this time. And uh, he uh kind of was uh he kind of was taken out of the action in a rather dopey way. Yeah. So uh, this uh can't really can't really say I recommended that issue at all. Right. How about you, Morb? What do you think?
0: Well, you know, Freak is still as crappy a villain as he's ever been, but I gotta give it to Bob Gale. He is the first one to include all the subplots in his freaking book.
1: Hey, that's a rarity.
0: So, yeah, I thought that was uh, worthy of some applause. And Honestly, his writing didn't seem quite as cringeworthy as it did before. He he seems to be improving, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. At this level of improvement, he'll be readable right. <laughs> at some point. Um, So yeah, Freak was still a terrible idea, but for a... Uh, one shot story, I'm impressed and thankful that he actually managed to touch on all the subplots for one.
1: <clears throat> I think what made this issue a little bit more tolerable than his previous issue was, uh, the new artist, Barry Kitson, who I've, I've liked. I liked his run on the, uh, the order that just came out. I think that's what made this a little bit more tolerable than the previous run. What do you guys think?
0: He was excellent. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, I Freak the Third. That was almost as bad as Shrek the Third. I mean that was just horrible. Um but I not recommended. I, I uh Gail still has a long way to go before I think he should be placed on the Amazing Spider-Man title. I mean when you get on this book, you need to be damn good, in my opinion. I mean this is the flagship title of Marvel. But it's not selling like the flagship title of Marvel, but damn it it is. <laughs> Do you guys agree? Do you think this – I mean you, you need to have some credibility or some experience with
0: – Oh, yeah. A well, I mean Spider-Man should be a book that only the best writers who have proved themselves and have a clear, distinct vision for the title should be rewarded with writing outright. There should be no exceptions, and this is quite an exception. Right.
1: And we'll move on. Any, any other comments on the uh, the the freak? <laughs> We, we can move on to 559, which is called the Money Shot, and ter- don't type that into Google. You might get some interesting <laughs> some results on that one. But uh, Dan Slott, and is the writer on this one, and Marcos Martin was the artist, and they introduced a new character called Screwball. So more of you start this one. Jr. did the last one. What do you think of this one?
0: Well, I'll just review that three part arc as a whole. Okay, sure. if That's all right. No problem. Um. I, th- I thought Screwball was a uh, really good uh, new character, actually. She kind of reminded me a little bit of Harley Quinn, which mm-hmm. is not a bad thing at all. But he just introduced her, tossed her, until Gale used her for one bit in the next arc, and she was basically worthless in this arc. Mm-hmm. And then Paper Doll was kind of... Eh, oh, God, I don't want to say two-dimensional. <laughs> that's that's <a> terrible. <laughs> um. Paper Doll was, I thought, a great uh, character design. I thought the character looked great, but there was nothing really to the character. Um, overall, um, outside of Freak, this was the worst Brand New Day arc I have read. Aww. And the reason for that is, and I can't believe I'm saying this about Dan Slott, mm-hmm. bar none, this is the worst characterization of Peter Parker I have ever read in my life. Bar none. What? Well, well, I, I understand... I said. I understand Peter Parker is supposed to be you know this uh this more human type hero. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not Superman, he's not Captain America, he's not the big blue boy scout. Mm-hmm. He's he's a relatable person that can make mistakes and that is certainly the way he should be written. Mm-hmm. But to write him like this wandering idiot <laughs> who has no moral compass and can't see what's right in front of him, cannot tell the difference between right and wrong when Harry Osborne is in his face telling him it's wrong because it's so obvious to everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's like you're writing Spider-Man as this child who needs to read a kid's book and have the moral of the story served up to him at the end so he learns a valuable lesson because he's still learning what it's like to relate to human nature. And it was – that's just so, so, so far off course. I could hardly even read this thing. Mm. It's – I've read a lot of bad Spider-Man, but no, never have I read characterization in any title in any media that was this far off.
1: Are you talking a bit about how he's going after the $2 million photo, how he wouldn't do that? Yeah, no. the,
0: whole Papa, the whole Peter Parker paparazzi. Which is hard to spark, say. <laughs> whole, yeah, and that was the title of the thing, yeah. and that it was all in the title, how bad it was. Mm-hmm. This is not Peter Parker. He's not that stupid. He's not that amoral. He knows better than this. He can – Slot tried to put a few things in there to have him rationalizing in his head, but none of it mm-hmm. stuck. None of it played right. It just made him look like an absolute idiot who, who just didn't know his morals. And this is the with great power comes great responsibility hero. He is better than
1: this. What do you think of Marcos Martin on, on Pencils?
0: I thought he was okay. Um, I've seen a lot of, I think, undue praise for him. I think he did a, a decent job, but I don't think he's as good as everybody's saying. Um, he had some, he had good uh, action shots. So I understand the people that pretty much judge everything on Spider-Man off of his motion. He definitely did that well, but that's not all there is to drawing a title. Mm-hmm. And his his Harry Osborn had this bulbous alien head <laughs> that I never really knew what that was about. <laughs> and I thought a lot of his. Uh, a lot of his regular people character designs just were not very solid but he did the he did the superhero stuff very well. Cool.
1: I, anything else you want to say about that? Oh, we'll get to
0: oh, I think I pretty much talked <laughs> that.
1: <one. laughs> Jerry, what'd you think of the uh, the Peter Parker paparazzi? That's kind of hard to say
2: when you say it three times fast. Anyway, well, what'd you think? Actually, I thought it was I thought actually I thought it was handled better than it was in earlier issues when I was when I was complaining about the subject myself in one of my bland new day articles. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually kind of understand why he's going through this moral dilemma. I mean, uh, so much money is being thrown at him. And, uh, you know, it's not like, uh uh you know it's not like uh, the the old days of uh Jonah Jameson where you know Jonah was paying him like a popper I mean Bennett is throwing some real serious money at him and it's hard to feel sorry for celebrities it really is uh sometimes um although there's uh, one of your uh one of your uh, videos that you put up put up on the newly redesigned <laughs> Spider-Man uh <laughs> Spider-Man crawl space uh to get that uh plug yeah. in i'll, I'll uh, send you the Toby, check later <laughs> yeah you know, with with uh, with Toby Maguire just absolutely being uh you know uh hounded beyond reason mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but but for on the most part it's 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 hard for ordinary people to feel sorry for celebrities and I think peter is uh is kind of what's kind of reflecting that you know he sees this spoiled actor uh who uh, and I know that they have a moment at the end where he begins to understand him a little bit, yeah. but basically you have this 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 actor who uh who, uh, has a hard time, uh, acting civil to people. And, uh, it was basically, Spider-Man's catching, or, or I should say, Peter, paparazzi Peter Parker is catching him in one of his typically bad boy moments. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I, no harm, no foul. I mean, and I, and I can see why Peter believes that. Uh, and, uh, I'd, I'd certainly be tempted by a two million dollar money shot too. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, here's a guy who is, uh, you know, being forced to move out on his own again. And uh, he has he's uh he's got no money, and uh someone's throwing this kind of uh cash at him i I can see where his morality's being challenged a little bit yeah. um so i but the story on the whole though was just average in fact this whole you know if you if you if you keep asking me you know if you ask me what I've been thinking about the uh brand new day so far it's uh i would still say we're still in bland new day i mean it's just uh just very average. I, you know, none of the, 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 the the interesting, some of the interesting subplots are not being followed up upon. Uh, I mean, I don't care about speed, I don't care about, uh, well, speedball, that's no, right. No, it's uh screwball. screwball. Screwball, that's right. Screw screwball. <laughs> I, you know, I don't care about screwball. Although if, I don't care about Although if
1: speedball and screwball got together, that might be a funny team up. I don't know. <laughs> that's
2: That's that's true. And uh I don't I don't really care about this screwball. I don't really care about the bookie. Uh that whole thing uh that's I'm getting a little ahead of, ahead of ourselves yeah. here. But uh th- no, this is just very average. I'm not enjoying this run at all, you, to be honest.
1: Gerald, what'd you think of the art, the new artist, Marcos?
2: I didn't care for really? it. I, I don't. I don't care when people look when. It, I mean, when everybody looks like paper doll. I mean, paper doll is supposed to be deformed. Yeah. You know, well, everyone looked deformed in this one. <laughs> with their, with their, you know, like a, you know, like a Morb said with Harry's bulbous head, and everybody's weird puckered lips, yeah. and uh, I just don't like it when people don't look like people. Yeah.
1: Here, here. Uh Jar, what's your grade on that arc? The the paper the paparazzi arc. What would you get? Uh I, I see. Okay. Uh um, more what was your grade?
0: F. Wow. Yeah. F? Yeah. <clears throat> F Mine would I've debated putting it below the freak arc as the worst arc I've oh, read. Oh shit. But I, the freak arc was just so bad, I, I can't quite get there yet. But it still actually managed better characterization of the main character, which is a pretty freaking important point. Tell you what. This is why the podcast I
1: enjoy so much, because we're all over the board. I'm giving, I'm yeah. giving the, uh, the Peter Parker paparazzi arc a B, because I really like the artwork style of Marcos Martin. He reminds me of Ditko, and the fact that he's got very stylistic characters. They're kind of... Um, I mean, they're not your average everyday looking superheroes. He's got great flow. He's got great action scenes, and I loved the paper doll stuff. I thought she was very much a Ditko esque villain. I mean, Jared, did, you, did he not remi- Did she not remind you of Ditko's
2: villains at all? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. For, for, for the for the one part because all of Ditko's villains were male and they all wore green. Well, they. I mean, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, can, I can't no, argue with you there. <laughs> that's that, 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 that's that's quite elite to say that someone's did go ask. I mean, uh, no, I just she didn't give me that feeling at all. Although I do, I will say it's good to see them trying to come up with more female villains. Yeah, I agree. And and even though I, like I said, even though I didn't care for Screwball, uh, fiance of Speedball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to I got to give him I got to give them props for trying. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I I didn't like it, but I got to give them props for
1: trying. But look at that time. cover to five sixty one, where it's like a uh, ransom note. I mean, that cover is beautiful. I mean, you haven't seen a cover like that on the stands in a long time. Do you guys like that cover? Or it was a good cover
0: design. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's an, it's an okay cover, and and five sixty wasn't bad either, which was supposed to be like a painting. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, they're trying, you know, it's, it's experimenting, trying something different. I don't have a problem with that. Did you guys
1: happen to read uh, Marcos Martin's uh, run uh, in the Doctor Strange? He had a, a miniseries out last year that was just amazing, I thought. And that's that's what this run reminded me a bit of, uh, his Doctor Strange run. But
0: I never read The Oath.
1: Oh, The Oath. That was what it was called. It was great. Jared, did you happen to pick that one up?
2: No, I didn't. Okay.
0: Well. To be honest, I saw previews of it and the art turned me off. Oh, well, hell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, you know, we didn't tap on
1: something essential in that, those three books, which is The Return of Mary Jane. Uh, she's. Oh, maybe we shouldn't. She what? (laughs) We shouldn't, okay. Well, she's sitting on the couch reading, what was it, Faust? Is that what she was reading?
0: Yeah, it was, it was freaking Faust. Yeah.
1: And it seems like Mary Jane remembers just a little bit of One More Day. From that arc, a little bit. What do you, Jer, what do you think? Does Mary Jane remember? What I, do you I, think of Mary Jane I, appearing?
2: I think, I think Mary Jane remembers everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was what she was whispering in Mephisto's ear, uh, that she remember everything. Yeah. And, uh, now if that's, but, uh, what do I, think? if that's
1: true, then what the heck is she in bed with the
2: celebrity for? <laughs> exactly!
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: I mean, Go ahead, Jared. What were you going to say? Going to well, about she
2: was, she, was, she was hanging she was hanging out with Lobster Man when they were separated there for a while and uh, apparently the uh the uh, spectacular was it the spectacular annual or the sensational annual I think it was the sensational annual last year was implying that uh, she was getting a little bit close to uh, one of her bodyguards mm. there in Hollywood although that's a long way from going to bed. Yeah. But uh she was, so yeah, well, she was
1: clearly in bed with this guy.
2: That's a good question but uh, perhaps she's uh perhaps you know it's like the perhaps that's her uh, her way of therapy of uh uh instead of turning to instead of you know drinking herself to death she's losing herself and you know she's handling this knowledge by losing herself in all these pointless relationships.
1: Yeah. More what do you think of Mary, Mary Jane coming back?
0: Dear Christ, what a bungle. <laughs> um, I mean if she doesn't remember then they've just totally cheated mm-hmm. because all these little, quote, clues that they're leaving are way too obvious and pretty much telling us that she does remember. And if that's not the case, then uh, bad form. Yeah. We saw her reading Faust. Right. We saw her uh, say to Peter, say to Spider-Man, maybe we did know each other in another life yeah. under her breath. I'm pretty sure she called him tiger,
1: yeah,
0: and all this i mean that's that's outright, mm-hmm. and to me she doesn't come across as some you know emotionally broken girl who's losing herself in other relationships and random sex and whatever she comes across still as a clear and confident woman, knowing exactly what she's doing and totally in control of it right. and if that's the explanation for her getting in bed with the celebrity, then again, the characterization was just really wrong. Yeah. But, I mean, you can talk about what she, you know, she may have started looking at dating other people when she was in Hollywood, but at that time, their relationship had been broken. She was, she was very hurt, she was jaded, she left, she, she meant to leave the relationship, And he had to win her back. Mm -hmm. At this point, she didn't lose any of the love for him at all. He didn't do anything to make her lose that. In fact, as much as we all think it was a dumb idea, she seemed to be in the moment with him thinking that it was a heroic act. Right that he was performing. So him performing yet another selfless heroic act should only make her love him more. And to show her remembering everything, going off and getting in bed with the celebrity is just I mean, Peter Parker was bad characterization. That is character assassination.
1: <laughs> I was, I was gonna say, if you're, you're picking on, uh, Peter Parker for going after two million, Mary Jane banging a, banging Brad Pitt, essentially. <laughs>
0: yeah. That was, is, that was worse. Yeah, that's
1: worse. I, I, I agree with you on that part, but hopefully circa amazing 600 or whatever it is, they <laughs> clear up the whole, who remembers what, what the hell happened. And yeah. do you think they're holding out for 600 to see if this brand new date test is working? Or do you think they'll ever go back to reverting it to the marriage and what it was like before?
0: I wish I knew. Jer- I I can't even call it anymore. Jar,
1: what do you think?
2: You think they're holding out? Oh boy. oh boy, that's a good question. I tend to agree with more, but I don't. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. I just can't see them going back. Me neither. Uh, I really and can't. See, and see- and see here's the problem, even if they did go back, I mean sales are kind of uh, are, are starting to get soft mm-hmm. even though even though the rationalization is well, the three of them together still sell better than the three, but uh, you know because of the, the subpar performance of Friendly Neighborhood and sensational but really the, the sales have got to be subpar from what Marvel was uh, what Marvel was anticipating and is continuing to shed readers. The thing is, even if they brought it all the way back, even if they went back. I don't think sales would drastically improve that much. Yeah. I think that uh, I, I think that uh, Spider-Man sales have uh, apparently there's a ceiling to how well he's going to sell, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so I don't see him going back because I just I see him I I, I just you know and I was I was complaining about the, the series being average. I mean I think they they basically have resigned themselves to the fact that they are going to retail. As much of the old style stories as possible. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna, they're gonna get into that rut and they're just gonna do it. And, uh, the, the devil, uh, pun intended <laughs> with everything else.
1: Now, along, along um, the same lines, more, uh, you were talking a bit about how in the latest issue of the letter pages, uh, the editor's asking for good and bad letters. And you actually wrote a letter to Steve Wecker or was it Tom Bur- Breivort?
0: Well, it's, uh, it's Spidey office at. Marvel.com. Okay. It's the the Spider-Man books letters thing. I'm pretty sure it's Steve Wacker who mm-hmm. reads through them, but it might be. I, I think sometimes it's a couple of people, right? And you, so, yeah, my, just to basically my
1: sum just up thinking, your letter, yeah, if you want to.
0: Well, my letter. Uh, I started out by saying, you know, and here's this is a a good point that I think more people need to realize. Mm-hmm. It. I have no problem with Joe Q and the people who keep bashing him. I don't seem to be looking at the full picture. Joe Quesada is the man that is behind uh, Ed Brubaker's Captain America. He's the man that's behind Brian Bendis' Daredevil. He's the man that's behind turning the company around. The man behind JMS's Spider-Man. And people are giving that all kinds of respect now. Um, I don't have a problem with Joe Q. I don't have a problem with Steve Wacker. I know these guys want what's best for it, but at this point... I'm not being given anything for my dollar, almost. What we've got is something that's not developing. What I I said to them was that I was optimistic on the first arc, and I thought it was decent. But what I needed after that was for it to keep improving and keep building beyond decent, and instead it's declined. Every month I've read this, besides Wells directly following Gale, but (laughs) outside of that, every month I've read this, the quality has gone consistently down. There's nothing that's built to keep my interest. They've introduced a few subplots that they haven't followed up on. I know they plan to at some point, but you can only wait so long. Yeah. So at this point, my investment is at zero. And really all we're getting is stories with bad characterization or stories that do nothing. Mm -hmm. When if you were looking at what worked in Spider-Man, what you should have seen was... The best single issue of Spider-Man produced in the past few years was Matt Fraction's Sensational Spider-Man Annual. Right. And there is a story that cannot be told in Brand New Day. They said they were trying to open up new stories. They're not telling any new stories. What they've done is kneecap the ability to tell great stories like that. Mm -hmm. So even if you were to bring on a top talent that deserves it, like Matt Fraction at this point, you have hamstrung him to the point that he can't tell those great stories he has in his head Mm -hmm. and so basically my final word was i would rather the original continuity be restored but if not they need to find a way to bring up the quality from where it is now because if i wasn't on this podcast i would have dropped it
1: and jr what do you think of them being open to printing and uh listening to the fans about the their complaints and the letter pages and stuff like that do you think it's just well, just an actor, or do you think they're uh, uh, interested in what they're hearing to say and possibly making a change in direction?
2: Well, I think they're interested. Well, let me say, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I was I was going to say I think they're interested in what the fans have to say, but uh, then again, I have to say that with a certain amount of skepticism, mm-hmm. because if they were really interested, uh, they wouldn't have just gone on with this whole when when everybody had. Um, uh, one more day, uh, telegraphed months in advance. Yeah, when everybody and when everybody knew where that was going, and uh, and uh, they still yet they still went on with it, even knowing the reaction it was going to get. Um, I'm not so sure they really care mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, but I mean, I, I'm I'm conflicted because there I know that they don't want this to suck. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm conflicted. They don't want <laughs> this to suck. They don't want this to, to sell badly. They don't want to make everybody angry. I mean, sometimes they get carried away with their evil empire attitude, you know, but uh, they they don't want to piss everybody <laughs> off. But uh, I, I'm, 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 they really seem to kind of be lost on what to do with this character and where to go with yeah. it. And um, that's not good. And uh, that kind of goes back to. Uh, I mean, I, I I think, though, it's the kind of stories they want to tell. I don't think they want to tell challenging stories anymore. I mean, they were telling challenging stories before One More Day. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole idea of Spidey joining the Avengers, which uh, people were complaining about because it's not really Spider-Man, but Jesus Christ, people, character's been around 45 years. Let's do a few yeah. new things. And they were doing some new things. Right. You know, they had, I mean, even though J, I think JMS, uh, uh, I think the execution of his uh, Ezekiel Moreland totems sp- uh spider uh, Shothras mystic spider crap was uh not done very well i think it was an interesting idea uh and then uh, the whole idea with him revealing his secret identity was an interesting idea that didn't that that uh, wasn't played out nearly as much as it could have been mm-hmm. they were doing interesting stuff but uh but now they're not they're just kind of in this bland yeah. uh uh recycling of stuff yeah. and uh you know like morb said if we weren't doing this podcast it's not a title we'd want to read yeah
1: we got two more issues to look at before we uh, move on to different topics, but we've got uh, uh, our favorite, Bob Gale, coming back to uh 562 and 563. It looks like there's a Spider clone and the Enforcers come back. Uh, Jerry what do you think of those two? I think Morb hit the last one first, so you go first this time.
2: Well, I I don't have any much more to add than I yeah. than I uh, did before. I mean, just a very a very average effort. Uh, yeah. not 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 offensive like some of the earlier right. stories were, but uh, certainly nothing to uh, nothing to you know if I weren't if I weren't ordering this in the mail, mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't be rushing out to my comic book store to get it. I
1: think McCone really saves Gail again on these two issues. Oh, I mean, yeah. the the art works beautiful. I love that cover. Of uh, The Enforcers of Spider-Man on the bumper cars. And I, I will give Gale credit on a couple lines that he did in 563 with Moose. Is that his name? Is that Moose? Or is I going to think of Spider-Girl? Ox. Ox I'm, Moose Ox.
0: <laughs> You're in Spider-Girl territory. I'm in Spider-Girl.
1: There, i, I got to keep up with <laughs> spider uh Dude, that's a lot of spiders. <laughs> um. Anyway, I love the line about him checking out Spider-Man's ass because he was in prison so long. I thought that was—I really laughed out loud with that. Did you? Did you guys chuckle, or were you just like, "Damn, Gale"?
0: I thought it was too much. Really? <laughs> yeah.
2: It's a—it's—it's uh, it's not a particularly new joke. Oh, uh, oh I, know, <laughs> I know. I know. I
1: just—you don't see it in a Spider-Man book that often. <laughs> Anyway, uh, what would you, Jar? What would you give five sixty three and five sixty 560, or five sixty two and five sixty three? Grade?
2: I'd still, st- I'd still stick with a C. C.
1: Morb, how about you?
0: Um, grade wise, I would. For Brand New Day, I would give it a B. Mm-hmm. Among regular comics, all comics, I would give it a C. Okay. I because it's above average for Brand New Day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I'd get, I'd um, give it a C plus. Uh, I, I didn't. I, I think Slot is still the strongest, in my opinion, of the the brain trust. But uh, Gale and Wells just. Well, that's another thing we we need to talk a bit about is um, Wells leaving after three issues, and Mark Wade and Joe Kelly, who are two of my favorites, coming onto the book. What do you guys think of uh, Wells and the new two new guys? Morb, Morb, you can take okay. it if you want.
0: Okay. I, um, I feel like I take a lot of things first. I was waiting oh, to well, whoever <laughs> wants to go, just hop like, in. I'm not picky. <laughs> I'll go ahead. I thought Wells wrote a decent three-issue arc. And when a writer who has written just a decent three-issue arc leaves, I don't start crying. I, he hasn't proved himself as one of the great Spider-Man writers. He didn't have a chance. He wrote a, he wrote one decent story, so I'm I'm not too fussed. Yeah. And it, you know, obviously, if we're thinking about his contribution to the Brain Trust, if we look at if we look at what the Brain Trust has come up <laughs> with so far, no loss. <laughs> um, but Wade and Kelly, Wade, I'm cautiously optimistic for because I think Wade uh, can be a very good writer. I've read some really really good. Mark Wade comics. Mm-hmm. The one thing that gives me pause is I I loved the first four issues of his Spider Man House of M miniseries, which is the only Spider Man I've read by him. I
1: think that's the only and, he's done.
0: Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah. But uh, the fifth issue of that miniseries though, he totally totally screwed the ending. <laughs> so he could go either way, but I'm cautiously optimistic because he is a good writer. Right. Um as far as Joe Kelly's concerned, I'm just not familiar enough with him to know. I'll I'll judge it when I get there. Right. Jer, what do you think?
2: Well, I'm a little little. Uh, I wouldn't say sad. I mean, there's <laughs> I don't invest any emotion in these anymore. <laughs> but uh, I, I was surprised that Wells left. I w- I wanted to see more from him uh, because I would liked what he's done in the past. Uh, other than the uh, the uh, the Spider-Man uh, beach party thing that he did back in the old. Uh, Volume 2 of, of Peter Parker, Spider-Man, uh, I, I thought he had done a succession of fairly decent stories. Uh-huh. I thought his Doc Ock miniseries, uh, while it was a little bit off track as far as continuity is concerned, I thought it was a, a pretty good look inside the mind of Dr. Octopus. Uh, and I wanted to see more from him. Uh, I, I didn't. The, uh, the Blizzard arc... Was uh was not a great arc in particular. I know I know, I know what you thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shit but, on a uh, stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was better than what it, I thought it was better than what had come before. Yeah. But uh, so I'm I, I I'm not jazzed about Wade and Kelly. Uh, I'm not that familiar with Kelly's work. Uh, so like Morb, I'll have to pass. But unlike Morb, I just did not like House of Spider-Man, House of M from stem to stern. Really. It just that that was a that was a complete botch job, and uh, I I thought the characterization was all wrong, uh for for Peter Parker, and uh, they just uh, the story didn't work at all for I'm me. I'm trying to think. And so oh,
1: go ahead, Jr. I'm sorry.
2: No, and I was about to say so. I'm not I'm not optimistic about uh, about Mr. Wade's contributions. Did
1: you read Kelly's uh, three issues back in the day of Web Spinners that title, Jr.
2: Which one I'm, was? I'm that? trying
1: to remember. It's been a good ten years, but um, it, it's, it's had Gwen Stacy in it. I think it's about the prom. I think I could be wrong.
2: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. I remember that one. Yeah, he, yes, that was a very good. One. Yeah, that was a very good. One. So, um, and if you guys, but that goes. Oh, go ahead. I was about to say, but that's a long way from mm-hmm. uh, putting him in the brain trust. And uh, mm-hmm.
1: well, he also had a great run on Deadpool in circa ninety-seven. And, like, he is the ultimate Deadpool writer. And Spider-Man isn't that re- far removed from a character like Deadpool. Who...
0: Spider-Man had better damn well be far removed from Deadpool <laughs> really? where I am dropped. Well, he... God, that is the most annoying character ever conceived. Oh, you're going Every writer tries. <laughs> he has to... <laughs> He's designed so he has to be just laugh-out-loud funny all the time, so every writer tries so damn hard <laughs> to be so funny that it just annoys the piss out of me every time I read that character.
1: Well, I I, I just think that he is a writer that knows how to add humor to a book, is all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> if you like that... Didn't mean to get all venom there, if, sorry.
1: If oh, don't bring venom into it either. Uh, <laughs> but I just think he's a writer that gets how to insert a joke Every now and then, and Spider-Man is a guy that needs a joke, especially in times like these. <laughs> so uh, I just think he's a good writer. Uh, also, Mark Waid had a great run in Marvel with the first uh, Captain America run with the Ron Garney. I mean, that's that's in the top fifty runs of all time and all the lists. So, did have you, Jared? Did you read Deadpool at all back in the nineties? Not at okay. all. Okay. Well, you guys, uh, hopefully, I don't have to eat crow when these two guys come on the books because I'm really looking forward to it. I think if you put Kelly and Wade and Slot as the three rotating, I think you could get a lot more quality books turned out each month than you are now. And I think honestly, one that- of the main problems is there. There's. It seems like there's. There's so three issue miniseries three issue miniseries. Because the slot and the Gale and the Wells, they just seem so disconnected. They're not there's not a continuous flow, which is what you get when you have one writer and one artist on a book. So more what were you going to say?
0: Uh, well you kind of uh you kind of went there. What I was going to say is I think I would be very excited if uh Mark Wade was becoming the new regular writer of a Spider Man book. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, the stuff I've read from him before, besides the Spider-Man stuff, he has, he's very good at building story and doing a, a longer uh, story. What The big thing I've read from him was Hunter Killer from Top Cow, which ran for 12 issues, which, by the way, you can find that all 12 issues in one collection. I highly recommend it. Um, I know he had a successful longer run on Fantastic Four and, like, you're talking about Captain America. But I think, like all these other writers, he's probably going to get... His legs cut off with this rotation, and that's gonna—it's gonna be in the end not nearly as good as if he was able to just write a Spider-Man book.
1: Jr., do you agree that that the the flow isn't happening with these books between the writers?
2: I agree. Yeah. I agree. It seems like it's just a bunch of disconnected stories that they're not, uh, and that you know subplots don't really build. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like like menace reappeared during uh, one of these issues, and it, and it just kind of seems thrown in there. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a natural progression from the character's last appearance.
1: And when's Mr. Negative exactly. coming back? I mean, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. He was doing, it was my favorite. If
0: Mr. Negative turns out to be anti-Venom, that's going to be just oh, shit. stupid. I'm oh, sorry. Shit. That's, that's the big theory I keep seeing, and I am not looking forward to that possibility.
1: I, I hope it's Eddie Brock. But uh, anyway.
0: What, I do, too.
1: Do you guys uh, – uh, wh- Probably this is the last thing we'll hit on the books, and then we'll go on to some different topics. But do you? what would you prefer? Would you prefer one amazing Spider-Man book a month with one writer continuously, or would you rather go back to the three separate titles? What would you like? J.R., hit it first.
2: I, I still like the idea of one one title coming out three times a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's the way to go. I really do. Uh, I think that's the way to go for more consistent sales. I think that's the way to go. Uh, I mean uh, to to try to tell a consistent story. Mm-hmm. I mean because when you had the three separate titles, sometimes you felt like they weren't even happening in the same universe. Yeah. Uh because they were su- such different tone and and uh you know and uh, the way things would happen. But uh th- it just hasn't really gelled like it should, mm-hmm. but uh I mean, I'd, uh, I'd be willing to give it more time, but the stories just, you know... I, I mean, I don't mind the disconnect if the stories were better, no. but the stories just aren't that good. I,
0: I, I
1: think it would be nice, but I don't know if it's physically possible for, say, Dan Slott to write three issues of Spider-Man a month.
0: Uh, that was going to be my point. Yeah. Because I'd like there to be... It would be, be nice if there was the one book three times a month by one writer, but it's just not going to happen. And if you look at... Uh, yeah, DC's weeklies. First, you had four writers writing every issue. When, when we're talking about four issues a month here, but four and three is not a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second yearly, you had four writers trading off every issue, and now the current series, they've got one writer who's only writing twelve pages per issue. Mm-hmm. Because that's as much as he can do. I just I don't think there's any way we are going to get one writer do three issues a month of the same book. I mean, it would be nice if it could happen, but even if it did, I think he would be so ungodly rushed that it, the product wouldn't be as good as it could be. I would rather have a good product, one writer, one time a month.
1: And and on on the flip side of that, it could be possible because if you look like people like Brubaker, he's turning out. Iron Fist. He's turning out X Men. He's turned out Daredevil. That's three books right there. I know he has some co-writers on that.
0: Uh, yeah, but I think it's harder to do. We're not just talking about writing time here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'd be harder to do three issues of the same book every month because you'd have to uh, all Brubaker's notes that he had through you know issue number fifty mm-hmm. of Captain America, which is a couple of year run. You blow all that plot really quickly. Yeah. If you had to put out three issues of the same book every month, I just think I don't think a writer could really effectively do that. I think somebody could pull it off, but it wouldn't be something we'd really want to read right. i I agree Jerry. what do you
2: think? No, I agree with Marv. Mm-hmm. but you're not going to see one writer doing three three times a month, yeah. uh, but I still like the concept of the book of the book coming out three times a month, even with the rotating writers. I just wish it were better i agree
1: <laughs> I agree um all right, we pretty much wrapped that up. That was a long conversation, but I thought it was all pretty good, guys. So thumbs up.
0: Yeah, we had two months to talk about. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and in those two months, look at this. I'm doing. Are, are you okay? What was that?
0: <laughs> that that was my chair breaking. We're all good. <laughs> 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 the arm of my computer chair that I was leaning oh, on. Oh, son of a. Just uh,
1: broke. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're okay. Anyway, I, 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 I was having a segue before the chair broke. Um, <laughs>
0: Sorry about that.
1: (laughs) In the the two months since we uh, all were together, the crawl space has uh, got a new paint job, I'll call it. Uh, I redesigned the main page. It's a little easier to add news content. And the first time in almost 10 years, I now have people posting to the site that is not myself. So I can have the reviewers (laughs) post stuff. I can have like Morb or JR if they want to. They can add news to the front page um so what do you guys think of it uh jr what do, what do you think of the new redesign the new paint job i like it i like Thanks, it. sir what, what what do you like about it
2: well the fact that uh, there seems to be a, a lot more variety of uh, of uh information and it seems to be updated more frequently exactly i mean you've got you've got the reviews uh you've got the videos mm-hmm. uh you've got news uh it just seems that there's a, a more of a variety and the fact that uh and the fact that you know anybody can update it ensures that there's going to be more frequent updates. Cool. So.
1: Thank you, sir. And JR, I mean Morb, what do you think?
0: I'm sorry, I'm on the floor trying to fix my chair. What's going on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, the chair took your ass out. i uh, just talking about uh, the what, what your thoughts on the new redesign crawl space.
0: Oh, it's good. Um, I I like the uh, the fact that multiple people can post stuff to it, especially their viewers, um, uh, things are updated more often. It seems like even you, because it's easier, mm-hmm. are putting more content on the front page, right. uh, which is just – it's clearly a good thing. So it's definitely working, and I'm glad I was work- – I'm, I'm not into change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm kind of a, a, a force of habit guy. I find something I like, and I keep going with it. I mean, I have lunch at the same restaurant every day. You do. So <laughs> – yeah, do, I do you order the same um, thing every TGF day? TGF Friday. <laughs> I have about three or four things that I like there that I just kind of rotate in my head depending on what my mood what is. What was the
1: restaurant? I didn't hear.
0: TGF Friday. Okay. It's a good place. <laughs> um, there's one right by my work. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, point is I was worried that the main page was really going to change. Mm-hmm. So I was gratified to see it's still very similar to the other page that was already working. Mm-hmm it's just it's it's better updated. So yeah, good stuff all around. I'm I'm
1: pleased with it. It's uh, in case you haven't been to the main page in a while, I'm using a program called WordPress. It's kind of a bloggerish type uh program and it's just so much easier to upload stuff and upload images, upload videos, etc. And I can literally update the page with a news article in all of 5 minutes. If I find something while I'm surfing, I'm like, "Oh, the viewers would be interested in that." Or if I'm surfing YouTube, I'm like, "Holy shit, Toby Maguire is getting hounded by paparazzi. My my viewers need to see that. <laughs> Which, if you haven't clicked on that video, I don't blame Toby Maguire at all for <laughs> cussing out the the paparazzi for him trying to make a right turn into traffic because they could kill him. I mean, with all the flash bulbs going off in your face. Anyway, I don't know if you guys seen that video. I think Jr. did. Morb, have you seen that video? That's-
0: uh, no, I haven't. It, but I did see the cup of Joe video you put that's up funny. last night, and that is some brilliant shit. I
1: I love <laughs> the the Tom Brevort Mary Jane wig.
0: <laughs> I was just disturbing. I love the Bendis dance. Yeah, that was the hilarious. Bendis dance
1: is classic. I think that's going to be around on the internet for a very long time. And uh,
0: but uh, it has to be said, yes, sir. Before we get off the topic of your uh, redesigned homepage, uh-huh. the SpiderManCrawlspace.com dot com revamp. Was so 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 much more successful than the Newsarama does <laughs> which looks like crap. Yeah, I I I, I
1: don't Everything like to is. I don't like to diss another site, but you know I just I I am not a fan of that redesign because I think there's actually less content with my site. Well, and it's so there's much more user-friendly
0: to find stuff. Yeah,
1: and I I just don't get that redesign. I really don't.
0: I don't either. It li- it really looks like they're trying to be IGN and Comic Book Resources and all the other pop culture comic book sites. Because yeah, right, yeah. they redesigned their page very close to those things, which they didn't need to be. They were already Newsarama. Mm-hmm. And it's just they didn't pull it off as well as the other guys did anyway, even though I didn't want them to be them. They didn't even pull it off well.
1: Right. I think they. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, or send me an email. But I think they were bought by a different company who has that template of a website. I think that's what happened, huh. or they teamed up with another company
0: well, because now they have you know, if, biggest, they have
1: DVDs and movie reviews and stuff like that. If you click at the top, but uh,
0: my biggest problem with this redesign is the images in their articles. Have you noticed that? Uh they. Uh, not really, but on the old site, it was like you know pretty much any good website with an article. It had. Uh, When they would have images, they would have the images dispersed throughout the article. You could click on them and make them bigger, you know, like a cover or something. And now they have this little image viewer up in the uh, corner, up in the top corner of the article Mm. that just has tiny thumbnails of every image they feel like posting. And you have to Mm. go through each one and then click on that one to make it bigger and then go back and then click forward again because you've gone back to the beginning and click on that one to make it bigger and then go through that whole process again. And it's crap. (laughs) I like images. I like seeing them with the article. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right, gang, it's time to plow into the message board questions. Then we go over to Scotland with Funny K. And he says, hey, guys, my question this month is, having just read all of Howard Mackey's run on Amazing, I've got to say, what was your favorite story from that run? JR, what's, what's what do you think your favorite issue was?
2: Probably the one where uh, Peter and Norman Osborne are stuck in the elevator, uh-huh. uh, where the Kingpin the Kingpin had uh, put out a hit on everybody who he thought threatened his uh, return to power, mm-hmm. and Osborne was one of those, and uh, so he sent Nitro, and uh, it uh, they uh, got like I said, kind of crashed the elevator, and uh, it was hanging by a thread, and they were uh, exchanging dialogue and. Things of that nature, and it, I thought it was a a good chance to have Norman develop some uh, some antagonistic relationships outside of Spider-Man. Right. You know, with the with the Kingpin. Of course, none of that was ever followed up upon because of the reboot. Right. So, but uh, but uh, that one was probably my favorite of the run.
1: More, do you have a favorite Howard Mackey issue?
0: Uh, not from Amazing, yeah. but I like the uh, stuff he did in Peter Parker with. Guess what? Morbius. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he did about a four or five part story with Morbius and uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. It was one of those that you know I picked up as a kid and really liked. So I don't know if I'm probably looking at it with a certain amount of nostalgia and the fact that it uses Morbius, but I enjoy right. it.
2: I guess I just realized that I screwed up. That uh, he did ask Howard Rand, Howard's run on Amazing, and yeah. the, the the story and question that I quoted was from Peter Parker's Spider Man. Right. So I'd have to say that I can't think of one from Amazing right now because I didn't think his Amazing run was that good. I, I'd
1: have to agree with you. His Amazing run with John Byrne, I just was not strong at all. It, it uh, was another attempt at a reboot that just was not working. Although I I think his run with uh, on Peter Parker Spider Man with John Romita Jr. was solid. I mean, I think that's probably what got him the job, if I had to guess. And I, I remember an issue where uh, – I don't remember the contents of it, but I remember liking it at the time where Spider-Man was fighting the Hulk and John Romita Jr. was drawing it. And I guess that's more of a compliment to J.R.J.R. than it was to Howard Mackey. But uh his uh stuff after – or actually leading up to the Clone Saga and uh a little bit after the Clone Saga was solid, I thought. So, go check those out in the back issue bins if you haven't already. And, uh, Funny K's other question is, are any of you reading Batman Rest in Peace? If so, what do you think so far? I'm a Marvel zombie, so I don't pick it up. I think more ventures out into the other universes. <laughs> what do you think, Morb? Are you reading
0: it? Yeah, I'm reading, uh, I'm reading Batman RIP. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, since I ordered from mail order, I'm one issue behind everybody else right now, mm-hmm. so I've read the first two parts and I cannot make a judgment because we're talking Grant Morrison here. We're two parts in. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, always uh, classic. <laughs> I'm just mostly assuming at this point that everything is a hallucination and it damn well better be. Yeah. <laughs> but, what's what's but, he? Uh, he's been
1: building. What's Batman hallucinating about, or is it?
0: Oh, it's it's one of those. Basically, the the main conceit of this so far is that there is an organization called the Black Glove. Mm-hmm that has been conspiring against Batman and put together all these different villains that, um, hmm. to take him down. They Actually, the end of the last issue I read, they just recruited the Joker into it out of his newest, most psychotic state ever. But uh, they seem to be sending some subliminal messages to Batman, and they're setting things up, so uh, it looks like... Thomas Wayne was actually some sort of a drug user, and oh, good grief. he set up the death of Martha Wayne, and he actually didn't die. He faked it. Oh, lord. Um, they're setting up police reports, basically, so I'm sure none of this is real. Yeah. Um, the, the weird thing is that Blurb said, next issue, the original Batman returns, and... Uh. So it's it's all very weird in the very Grant Morrison style. He's been building some interesting stories for a couple issues, but uh, he's he's screwing up Final Crisis bad so far. So his yeah. his credit is kind of at a low. But I'm I'm giving it time to develop, and we'll just see what it turns and into. JR, his use of the joke so far has been excellent. So. And Jr.,
1: I don't think you're picking it up, are you? No, I'm okay. not. I'm not either. But you know what? I'm interested in Batman in general. I'm looking forward to the Dark Knight movie. That's that's about the extent of my Batman oh, yeah. interest, so I don't think they're going to screw that one up anytime soon. Uh, What writer or artist from the current batch at Marvel or DC, etc., would you want on the book at the moment? I'm thinking he's assuming it's Amazing Spider-Man. So, JR, who would you like to come over to, to Spider-Man as if we don't have enough talent in the pool?
2: <laughs> well, I've always said I wanted to see Lee Weeks come back. Yep.
1: By the way, um, that that's been announced that he is the artist on the Roger Stern story. So I'm really excited about that now. So, David, had you heard that, Jr.? No, I had. It's, it's, it ought to be a great single issue of Amazing coming out sometime later this year. Uh, Morb, Who would you like to come back or come into?
0: Hands down, Matt Fraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, he wrote an amazing. Uh, no pun intended. Sorry. I uh, think it was a sensational a issue. Great, <laughs> yeah, he wrote a great story in the Sensational Annual. You know, like I've said before, best Spider-Man issue I've read in years, and he's just—he's pretty much kicking ass and taking names at everything he does right now. So I'd love him to give him a shot at it.
1: I would love Chris Claremont and John Byrne to come back. Number four. Uh, no, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> I was gonna have to say. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I guess I—I'm I, copying you, Jr. I really like Lee Weeks. I also want Peter David to come back. I know, yes. But I, I, you know, the friendly. I don't think he lived up to his potential. I don't think he was given enough free reign to live up to his potential. But I, he's still one of my favorite writers. I wish he would get a chance at the book again because third time's a charm, damn it. Uh, Number four from Funny K, what's your favorite story featuring a guest star in one of Spidey's solo books? Morb, what's... Let me guess. Morbius is in it.
0: I'm trying to think. I don't think I have an answer to that.
1: I think the the generic answer for all three of us, well, except for Morb, uh, is the Spider-Man Human Torch miniseries. We've answered that one as one of our favorites in the past. Uh, Is there a Marvel team-up issue you like? Morb.
0: Uh, (laughs) there was actually to combine the two answers. There was that, uh, old, the original Marvel team up series, Mm -hmm. Marvel team up number three, guest starring human torch with the villain Morbius. (laughs) So that was pretty good.
1: (laughs) Jared, do you have a favorite team guest star in one of the Spidey solo books? Oh, I guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. Um, I was thinking the, uh, daredevil and, um, there were actually a couple in Spectacular Spider Man. The um the first Carrion story arc, uh the although this was before this was when Carrion was just kinda hanging around in the background and Spider Man and Daredevil were teaming up against the mass marauder mm-hmm. and Spider Man was temporarily blinded. Uh and he had to and he had to uh try to uh you know, the Marauder had sent some some bomb out and he was gonna blow up New York and Spider Man was blind and had to uh, jump on this uh, flying thing and, and uh, detonate the bomb up to where it wouldn't do, do any harm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always like that one. And The Death of Gene DeWolf, which yeah. Daredevil also appeared in. So I would say those two are probably the uh, the uh, my favorites of uh, the ones where someone guest starred in one of his solo books.
1: What, what title and number was that first book you were talking about? I didn't catch that.
2: It was in the 20s. It was in uh, Spectacular Spider-Man oh, okay. in the 20s. I forget exactly. I forget exactly From the uh, 70s? Okay. Yeah, from the seventies. Oh. In fact, uh two of those were the uh, the Frank Miller issues oh, okay. years ago. Yeah.
1: His yeah. first uh drawing and writing, or may I don't know if he wrote it, but drawing of uh Daredevil. Uh Spider Girl, who is our newest reviewer, and just added a review on the main page, is from Virginia. So welcome and thank you, Spider Girl, for your hard work. And her question is, now that we're six months into as J.R. likes to call it, bland new day. Out of all the characters we have seen so far, the villains, the friends, and the co-workers of Peter, and even people off the street like good old Vern, who I hated, Vern, what do you like the most and the least and why? JR, who do you like the most in the bland new day of the new characters and everybody? <laughs> in the-
2: well, I thought Mr. Negative had the most potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked him, and I thought... To- uh, because he was also doing this, uh, these uh, feast uh, ho- uh, shelters and soup kitchens. Yeah. And uh, I thought there was a real great deal of moral ambiguity about him, that he was also this ruthless crime lord. And I wanted to see more of him. Yeah. And haven't seen him. No doubt. <laughs> how-, how long's it been? So, uh, Five months since we've seen a plot about him? Yeah. 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 And uh, it doesn't look like we're going to see him anytime in the near future because uh, the summer's coming up, and the, the the big event is when they're bringing back Norman and uh, Venom and Anti Venom and Female Craven. Yeah. So I don't know that we're going to see him anytime Who soon. Knows. Yeah. As far as the ones I like the least, yep. uh, uh, I don't know. None of them really. I don't care for the uh, the policeman roommate, Vin Gonzalez. I think nope. he's just a dick. <laughs> don't see <any>. him. <laughs> don't like him at yeah. all don't see any redeeming virtues to him at all and don't really care for the girls either they're just generic girls that are stuck in there to yeah you know
1: how about you more yeah. least in uh least favorite and favorite of the new characters
0: um well like j r saying a lot of them haven't really been developed but um I, I still think the uh the carly character has potential and seems like she could be a good character but like everybody else, they refuse to actually use her. <laughs> I think the slot established a pretty good personality for her in the first three issues, but it hasn't been followed up on. Her uh, Her job has potential, but as she's rarely seen, and her connection to Harry Osborn, again, has potential, but is never exploited. Mm-hmm. So I-, I think they have somebody that they could turn into a good character, but they refuse to. Yeah. Um, as for least, I mean, come on, this is too easy. It's freak. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. I, I, they, they actually managed to create not only the worst villain I've ever seen, but one who can't die. They can't even kill him off. Yeah. That's, that's epic fail. Yeah,
1: no doubt. Well, my I, I, least favorite uh, character, obviously, is whatever the hell that Snowdam thing was. The uh, <laughs> What was his name? Did he even have a name?
0: Do you guys are, I think they just call him the deity. The, yeah,
1: the deity sucked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't care for him. Uh, my favorite character introduced in Brand New Day. Well, you know what the cheap and easy answer is for that? Peter Parker. There he,
0: <laughs> he's my, I don't like the Brand New Day, Peter Parker, oh, so that's not actually very much go. of an easy answer. And
1: the, the, the new Mary Jane is kind of a whore. Um, next question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Donald Mark from Arkham Asylum, uh, with, uh, having Thomas Wayne in the prison, evidently. Uh, here comes a serious question, guys. Do you think Spider-Man has become a dead character? By dead, I mean stuck in his own basic premise and will never, ever grow as a character. He's stagnant. Let's face it, Brand New Day was a step back because they're basically going the safe route with taking actual chances with the Spider-Man help me more paradigm paradigm Paradigm. Paradigm. lord you're using 50 cent word in a 10 cent universe uh to make the character stay interesting it's the same with his portrayal in the media spectacular spider-man is an excellent cartoon but it's also all it's doing is showing what's been around for 40 years to a new generation so jr is spider-man
2: dead (laughs) well that's a, a bit of an overstatement but uh the uh if actually um, I uh, talked about this quite a bit earlier uh, really about how the character was in a rut and how he was deliberately placed there mm-hmm. I think uh you know without uh, uh I think Don Mark has probably hit it on the uh, the nose that that's exactly what they're going for just the safe route mm-hmm. uh, making this as a generic a character you know kind of coming up with generic Spidey and uh keeping him there yeah. so uh yeah I, I agree he's uh he's in a rut morb is he dead.
0: No, I think they're. Uh, I think they're trying very hard to kill him. But <laughs> for, I like that. <laughs> for a comic book character to truly be dead, he has to have absolutely no potential for good stories, good news stories left. And the best counterpoint to ever saying that is, and, and I guess I've probably worn this subject out, but DC's uh, most iconic Green Lantern, Hal Jordan. In the 90s, that character had become so incredibly stagnant, they could not figure out anything else to do with him. They actually went back to his creator and asked him, please, can you figure out anything else to do with this character? Is there anywhere else to go with him? And the the creator of the character said, no, he's, he's run his course, which is why they uh, killed him and introduced a new Green Lantern that was there for the next ten years. Mm-hmm. But then ten years later, Jeff Johns comes in, And Jeff Johns is a fan. He resurrects Hal Jordan, pushes the story forward, takes him to new places, and has all kinds of new things to do with it. The point being, the character can never really be dead. You cannot kill him. You can just put him in a rut. You can make him stagnant. You can make it so he has to be taken off the board for a while because nobody right now has the ideas. Mm -hmm. But I don't think even that is the case with Spider-Man because I think there are a lot of writers out there who are like me. I have Spider-Man stories in my head I want to tell that I have a lot of confidence in. I think they're good places to take the character. But they're all about pushing the character forward and drawing off of continuity. Much like the best books today do, such as Brubaker's Captain America. But the problem is, you cannot tell those stories in Brand New Day. So, they're trying hard to kill him. (laughs) They might make it so he's in a rut, stagnant, and almost dead for years. But Spider-Man will never be dead.
1: Uh, I, I, I don't think he's a dead character. I think he's very much alive. Uh, I mean, he's got the movies. He's got the cartoon. He's got the c- comics coming out three times a year. The character itself is very viable and very profitable. So I don't think he's going to die anytime soon. I think we'll see Spider-Man for another 40 years in media of whatever form it is. Uh, if we talk specifically about the comics, you know, it, it, it's, it's up and down with the comics. It it all depends on what writer and artist team come in to handle them, and obviously when you got this many people in the in the pot, all have their fingers in the pot, the the recipe isn't going to be the best. I guess I don't. I'm going extreme. Uh, Food Network analogy on that, but uh, uh, I I just think it's an up and down cycle with Spider-Man. It, all throughout his 40-year history, we've had highs and lows, and I think this is just kind of an average lull. I mean, this isn't Clone Saga, oh shit level, (laughs) but I I would love the character to have a little bit more consistency in storytelling instead of three-issue miniseries, three-issue miniseries, three-issue miniseries. But that's just my soapbox. I'll move on to JPD from Jersey. Welcome, JPD13. Uh, when, his question is, when you collect, when you've collected comics as long as I have, it starts to become a pretty significant investment. Now, I have the entire run of Amazing Spider-Man with the exception of some Volume 2 issues. That's crazy, he's got the Ditko, but he didn't even bother to pick up the Burn and the (laughs) Mackie. But, uh, JPD13 is curious if any of us have had or know someone who has had their comic book collections insured. If so, I'd be curious how you went about doing it. I've talked to some insurance company agents about this, but get hung up on on the issue of figuring what the value of the collection is worth. Jr., you've been collecting longer than I have. Do you have your books
2: insured? No, I don't. Yep. And uh, and uh, J P uh, D is exactly right. Uh, I um, I'm trying to remember if I ever had a conversation about doing it. I mm-hmm. think because I used to collect baseball cards. Yep. I had a conversation about insuring baseball cards and it, it they the insurance companies just do not they don't like to fool with that because there's hardly an objective value out there uh for them uh you know you don't have a or at least not a recognized one so uh that they that they would recognize i mean I know that like with ball cards you've got Beckett and with uh the comic books we've got over street, but those aren't those aren't authorities uh, that the uh, that the insurance companies recognize. So, I don't see it happening, and uh, I don't know anybody who does have them insured. More but you have, well, you have stuff.
0: I, I have mine kind of loosely insured um, through renter's insurance. Mm-hmm. I live in uh, I live in an apartment, and so I got renter's insurance. And when I talked to the agent about renter's insurance, he asked me what the most valuable thing that would be kept in the apartment is I told them it's my comic book collection. They asked me for a very, very rough estimate of how much it's worth, and I gave it to them, and that's included in my renter's policy.
1: Right. Uh, Actually, when I got married, my wife uh, asked me to do this, and I, I, I haven't gotten it done yet because Lord knows this would take forever to guesstimate how much the value of these comics are. But the our insurance agent told us to – there's a local comic book shop, and they wanted me to get a – because I've got – in my office, I've got 60 long boxes, and I've got like a considerable long run of amazing. And they asked the local comic book – or they told me to talk to the local comic book guy to come out to the, to my house and, and him look at the collection, and together we come up with a value. And I haven't done that, but <laughs> – He will hate you. He will hate you. I, I know <laughs> he'll hate me, but uh I didn't want to put the bring the geek to my house. Anyway, <laughs> but they, that's pretty much how they would do it, I would think, well, at least with my insurance company. And another thing my wife was telling me about to do is I have a lot of DVDs, and I need to track those and how much those would be worth. But they've been opened, so the value isn't brand-new DVDs. you got to do used DVDs, so –
0: which varies well, there, wherever so. you yeah.
1: So
2: There are uh, services. I know that there was a um, – years ago, I remember this, there was a comic uh, chain in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the services they offered was valuation yeah. for things like estate planning and for insurance. Yeah. So.
1: And if you look – I don't know if you guys uh, subscribe to Comic Buyer's Guide, but in the back of that book – there's often a little ad in the classifieds like, we're an insurance company. If you would like your books insured, check us out and call that number. So if, if, uh, JPD wants to pick up that issue, uh, pick up a issue of Comic Buyer's Guide from the New Standard at your local comic shop, you can check out that ad. So, uh, and also JPD's last question is, what's your most cherished comic in your collection? More, what's your most cherished one?
0: Mentioned it on this podcast before. Uh-huh. It's, um, Daredevil number one ninety one, Resurrection of Elektra, signed by Stan the Man Lee. <laughs> one through the SpidermanCrawlSpace dot com.
1: Oh, there you go. And JR, what's your most prized possession of comic books?
2: <laughs> uh, probably Amazing Spider-Man thirty nine. Yep. The Revelation issue when uh, Norman is revealed as the Green Goblin, and uh, yep. he also learns Spider-Man's identity. One of
1: our posters on the board just uh, put a uh, link to an eBay auction he won. With uh, that exact issue. So he's got a good issue to look forward to when he gets in the mail. I guess my... my
0: Hopefully he gets his in the mail.
1: Yeah, poor Morb ordered the Sorry. Clone Saga. <laughs> <laughs> through where, Where's the guy in Australia? I
0: don't know. England. He's in England. He's in
1: England. Uh, it's been a month and poor Morb spent 60 bucks on 100 plus books and still nothing.
0: $65, 225 books according yeah. to his ad on eBay. E-
1: eBay's going to get a nasty email from Morb if that guy doesn't deliver.
0: I knew it was too good to be true, but come
1: on, give me something. Come on, brother. Uh, my prize possession is uh, three issues I bought all at once. Uh, I, I, I've kind of told this story before, but I'll briefly tell it again. Is how um, I was probably about uh, 12 years old. My mom and I went to a St. Louis comic book convention, and there was a broke college kid. He had these books on the table. And he had Amazing Spider Man number one, Amazing Spider Man number three, and Amazing Spider Man 14. If, if, uh, number three is the first appearance of Doc Ock, number fourteen is the first appearance of the Green Goblin. He sold them to me, the first, Amazing Spider-Man number one, for fifty bucks, and the next two for twenty five each. Best deal I've ever done. They were in very fine condition, or I'd say very good condition. They aren't perfect, but, uh, they're very nice looking books, and I still have them, and I, I just thought even at a young age, I'm like, man, I'm taking this mother. <laughs> <laughs> and that was circa 1987, I would say, and uh, just – it was just the best comic book deal I've ever done. <laughs> so that's my prized possession, those three books. Uh, Scarlet Spider 1138 from Calgary. Uh, what do you guys think of the news that Jeff Loeb's going to be working on Amazing? Personally, I've found all of his DC work to be absolutely brilliant, but his Marvel work, on the other hand, hasn't been up to snuff. I know a lot of people are very divided on his Spider-Man Blue work also. JR, are you a Jeff Loeb fan?
2: Not really. Yep. I didn't care for Spider-Man Blue, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, uh, uh, um, just a, ne- a needless rehash. And uh, I didn't care for it, so I really don't have an opinion one way or the other of him working on Amazing. I, has it been announced
1: that he's working on Amazing? Because I thought he was just doing like a miniseries with uh, J. Scott Campbell. But uh, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's a mini series. Okay. What do you think more of him doing a miniseries?
0: I, um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he did some great work at DC, but he's yet to do anything even good at Marvel, so... Yeah. Maybe this will be the first. Who knows, but I'm not optimistic. Tell you what, I've
1: been disappointed with his Ultimates 3. And I've been-
0: Disappointed? That's the word you're gonna use with I that? Mean, disappointed? I mean- it's as strong as you can go. <laughs> the <laughs> artwork is beautiful. You're kidding. Oh, Madder- That looks like the worst, crappy, cheesy Dude, 90s artwork I've ever I seen. I like
1: crap and cheese together in 90s artwork. <laughs>
0: In the Ultimates? Well, I. I mean, what a wrong book for that. I mean, yeah. It would be bad on the Avengers, but it's it's the totally wrong genre for the Ultimates.
1: I have fond memories of Joe Madd on Uncanny X Men in the 90s. I thought his run was solid. But, uh. <laughs> 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 Look at this. Morb and I are disagreeing. With. <laughs> but I, I. The Jeff Lobo on uh, Ultimates, just I'm not a fan of. And I'm also not a fan of his recent, uh, probably four issue arc on Wolverine. With uh, where he de- decapitated Sabertooth. I'm like, what the hell was that shit?
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, it was six.
1: Oh, it was six?
0: God. Six issues. Man,
1: that was bad. That was-
0: Decapitating Sabretooth is one thing, yeah. but taking a bunch of feral mutants, some of whom had been depowered at that point when they showed up with powers, and saying, none of them are mutants, they're all descended from a lupine race. Yeah, it was just... Even though they all have human parents.
1: I I think I remember Jeff Loeb writing Cable at one point years ago, and I I liked it. But man, just I can't take it now. All right, uh, Spidercraft from Novi, Michigan. He says, "Here's a fair question: Why is it just about all of you guys hate Spider-Man, Black Cat, the evil that do, or at least the last three issues?" delays aside, it wasn't that bad. I actually feel like I'm the only one on the board who actually liked the addiction or the addition of. (laughs) Not the addiction, the addition of the rape. Not saying that I approve of it or anything overall, but in all honesty, I never liked the fact that Felicia just had an obsessive daddy issue that made her feel like she'd have to take his place. And besides, as Smith made it clear, she clearly pushed it to the back of her mind after she became a cat burglar. It's not like it's always been there since day one, so it's not like anyone else has changed. Do we really have to assume she was the exact same girl? So anyway... Uh, Spidercraft, loved that book. Um, Morb, did you like that book?
0: Good, holy God, no. (laughs) I mean, okay, first issue, not only was she getting raped, everybody got (laughs) raped in that book. You mean the reader? I mean, yeah, this is true, but that's not what I meant. Uh, We left off on, you know, a couple of years ago at the end of issue three, we left off on... The harrowing situation where it looked like she was about to be raped by the villain, which is bad enough. Yeah. And when we come back, no, she didn't get raped by the villain. Turned out she got raped many years ago. Mm-hmm. And the villain raped his brother many years ago, over and over and over. So the new Mysterio is also a rape victim now. Thank you, Kevin Smith. <laughs> the whole the everybody's getting raped thing it was bad to begin with. But it's part of a, a larger problem. That I think has kind of run its course. Luckily, it lasted for just a couple of years. Why does every female character in comic books need to get raped? (laughs) Uh, This was started pretty much by DC's identity crisis, where, uh, you know, it was about as dark as you can possibly go. Sue Dibney gets raped and killed by a supervillain. Yeah. And, um,. Then of course there's also the crazy woman, totally unhinged uh, over the love for her husband, and that which it, it seems like a problem writing women for some writers. Yep. And then it just got to a point where everything is like that, and now Black Cat's getting raped. And why did Black Cat need to get raped? We got a a strong female hero here. We've got you know, a okay. I'm not going to go so far as role model, but there are a shortage of strong female heroes in comic books. And it seems like the ones we have keep getting beat down and there's no reason for it. And adding a rape into her background, first off, bad move, not good, not entertaining comics. And second off, okay, you're saying, well, it's okay to put into her past because it doesn't actually change who she is. She's put it out of her mind. It's not really a part of her character. Well, shit! If you're gonna put something as big as rape into her backstory, <laughs> shouldn't it inform something about how she is now? I just thought that was that yeah. was trash comics.
1: I, let me guess, your grade is an F on
2: that book.
0: Yes, okay. yes, 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 it is.
2: Jarrah, what would you give that grade for that book? Oh, probably probably a, a low D. Uh, it was. Uh, I didn't think the first three parts were that bad, but then after when it came back, it just went on this weird. Uh, the weird rape tangent mm-hmm. and it was no longer a crime story yeah. i mean when it was a crime story it was fine but then it went and uh but then it went and then it was and then the you know we got the history of mutant kind too which yeah. uh and, and guest appearances by nightcrawler and daredevil and uh the story just got completely uh muddied yeah. uh from what it had been originally yeah. so uh it's uh, that's that was the reason i mean the rape was part of it but really the story just completely went off track yeah.
1: And I think it went off track because, well, we had three years in between issues. and
0: Well, and also, though, I would definitely agree that it went totally off track, and the last three issues were worse. Yeah. But if you look at the first three issues, it's not perfect. The characterization is off, too, because you have Spider-Man pretty much flirting with Black Cat while he's married to Mary Jane, and that's not in character.
1: Or, or No, actually, that was Claws, where he was flirting with her. He smacked her ass, I
0: think. Didn't he reread the first issue or two? Was of, he flirting uh, with her? Well, I, he can.
1: He can. What did he do?
0: I I don't remember specifically. I because it's been a while since I've read. it, too, honestly. But so I I can't really back up my argument here. But if you go read it, I think you'll see what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: The artwork was beautiful though. Yeah. The Dodsons. Yeah. Dodsons are great. Love those two. Anyway, uh, I'd give it a C. Uh, I pretty much agree. I the rape was just like oh Kevin Smith. It seems. And I, I don't think he's ever gonna write comics again, but it seems he always has to come in for just the, uh, six issues to change something. Not to tell a good story, but to change something. He had to kill Mysterio, he had to rape Black Cat. I'm out! <laughs>
0: That's all. And I mean. He killed Karen Page, too. Yeah,
1: I mean, come on. I mean, you, you can only be shocked. He, he's kinda like the M. Knight Shyamalan of comics.
0: <laughs> well, and honestly, I, I had heard a lot of good stuff about his uh, Daredevil run, which okay. I believe was eight issues. Okay. Um, I finally read it, and the thing is, it seemed like his story was framed all wrong to me. Just from a writing standpoint, we had for about, it was what, three, four issues before he revealed Mysterio? Yeah. And before that, it looked like just this god-awful uh, Antichrist baby story. <laughs> Which you know that whole thing was okay once he realizes Mysterio, but to lead us along for several months thinking that it's just this crap story is it, it, that he his story was framed very badly. It seemed like a almost a rookie writing mistake, which you know you wouldn't expect from somebody that's a veteran of other mediums. Even though I guess. Jay and Silent Bob isn't exactly Shakespeare.
1: <laughs> Quote of the podcast, right there. Uh, I, I, I think uh, with that run on Daredevil, it's kind of similar to uh, to Gale and Kitson. I think Cusada's pencils really saved Smith's ass on that first few issues of Daredevil. But um, what you gonna do?
0: Although killing Karen Page has turned out to be have a very good effect on the Daredevil mythos as a whole, I will give him that. Yeah. But I don't know what of that he really foresaw or planned or if he just wanted to kill somebody and make his run big. I
1: I, I just think the last hundred issues of Daredevil's been solid. Just solid yeah, 100 books, I think.
0: Brubaker had a very large hiccup, I think, but I think he's gotten on track, yeah. and it's very solid again. Yeah.
1: And that wraps up our first hour of the July show. We'll be back in a few days for the last hour. Also coming up in August, it will be our birthday podcast. It will be the 10-year anniversary of the Spider-Man Crawl Space and the 2-year anniversary of this podcast. And we'll have the gang together for that show, and we'll also take live callers. And feel free to call in with birthday wishes and your spider questions. Also in August, I'm proud to announce the writer JM Demathis will be our guest on the show. So we'll probably do two hours with him and two hours for the birthday show. And I've started a thread on our message board under the Crawl Space 101 section, and you can ask your questions there. And before we go, I want to give a thanks to our sponsor, MailorderComics.com, for their support of the show each and every month. Now, if you'd like to read one of DeMatthes' best works, you can check out Craven's Last Hunt. The regular cover price is $20. Mail order has it for $12.39. Well gang, it's always a pleasure. I'm your host Brad Douglas and I'll see you on the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com.